Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about how to take out the big, bad, armored gods who keep meddling in all of our businesses, like on a genetic level. They should probably stop, because uh, I really would like to have hair. I don't know what this is about, but Celestials, what are you doing? My name is MT, and I'm here today with my off-screen producer, Brandon, buddy, brother, Brandon. <laughs> so Brandon twice. What's going on, Brandon? <laughs> A name so nice, you had to say it twice, MT. Uh, Seriously. So happy to be here. So sorry that your God has forsaken you and left you without hair. It's terrible, and he should be destroyed. I've had it. this famine for too long, Brandon. <laughs> I, I need the crops to grow, all right? Mm. Jeez. Mm. Uh, hit me with that uh, less bald big question, Brandon, <laughs> because you have a very beautiful head of hair. Oh, thank you, MT. Here's a fully haired question for you. That sounds terrible. Well, MT, you know, Eternals is finally out. We've waited so long, oh, yes. and, and finally we get to see the Celestials for real in the MCU. You know, we saw them a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, it's like a little caricature, but like this is the real stuff. We got some good looks at them. Oh, yeah. And boy, was it awesome. They look so huge, so scary, big booming voices. It was just great. And we know that they love to like kill off planets willy nilly. Uh, you know, they've mm -hmm. got, they got to create worlds. They got a whole big picture thing they're working on. But you know, I want to live, okay? Don't, don't be killing my planet. <laughs> I'd rather not die, ideally. You know, it looks like going forward, our heroes are going to have to deal with these cosmic threats who are probably now a little pissed off uh, that we started meddling in their business. So that leads us all to this week's big question, MT. How do you kill a celestial? <gasps> Brandon, why are you interested in this? Do you, do you have like debts? Like, do you have beef with a celestial? <laughs> yes, yes. I have beef with um, Markov the debtor. Uh, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's calling in my loans and I, I, can't, I can't do it right now, ah, okay? My least favorite celestial, Sally Mae. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, Brandon, killing our big bad cosmic daddies isn't easy, just like Pimpin. Pimpin isn't easy either. <laughs> no. um, but as the eternal, <laughs> but as the Eternals film and the library of Marvel comics has shown us, it can certainly be done. But just how do you do it? Well, let's dive into the research and find out so that we can kill Celestials on our spare time. Because sweet, uh, screw those guys. They uh, <laughs> they're real jerks, honestly. But before we start, we have to ask, what are Celestials? Wait a minute, who are you? Because we have to establish, you know, a base understanding of exactly what these creatures are, what these beings are before we talk about them. But essentially the Celestials are these nigh immortal beings that were created at the very beginning of the universe. And they are generally pretty freaking huge, standing at over <laughs> 2,000 feet tall, which is, you know, just like, just like me. I'm like, I'm around like 9,995 feet tall, but you know, give it a take. Almost there, almost there. You know, guys like to lie about their height, but not me. Um, I'm around there. Though the largest one, Exitar, is around 20,000 feet tall. So, you know, he drank his milk. He, he's a big he's boy. really up there. He's, he drank uh, all of the milk in all, all of the, of the universe. Milk. I'd like to think that it was uh, the, the blue milk from um, H2 from uh, <laughs> <laughs> episode 8. Luke Skywalker <laughs> blue milk. And they're obviously clad in brightly colored armor and it's generally unknown what they look like underneath that armor. However, in the case of Ego, the living planet, he looks like a planet with, like, you know, a brain inside, which, yeah. you know. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> and of course, the Celestials create, alter, and monitor life throughout the cosmos. And though their intentions and machinations cannot be comprehended, and they are an enigma to all of us. You may be an open book, SpongeBob, but I'm a bit more complicated than that. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. They generally seem to be obsessed with the evolution of life throughout the universe. Like life 
is the name of the game for the celestial race. And they love showing up on planets, experimenting on the dominant life form, and sprinkling in a dash of Eternals and Deviants to really screw things up because, well, I mean, surviving was already hard enough. Just add some Deviants to the Eternals. <laughs> right? Why not? Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're trying our best, Celestials. Just, like, give us a break, okay? We're trying to ooga booga in peace. We don't need all this superhero <laughs> shit. This is all up in our business. We're smashing right? rocks Jesus. over here. Leave us alone. Right? Okay? And then, of course, the Celestials wait a couple eons and then show back up and go, meh, I don't want to play with this planet anymore. And then squash us like a bug. It's rude. It's so rude. Don't be f***ing rude. Are you kidding me? And in the MCU, it has been established in Eternals that they like to create worlds throughout the universe and love to plant little Celestial baby eggs inside of those planets that feed off the energy generated by sentient life on the surface. And then, once they get enough of that sweet life milk, nim 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 nim, <laughs> they, <laughs> they hatch out of their planetary egg, killing off everyone, and then, you know, go about their business because you gotta keep moving. I mean, you, you can't you can't cry over spilt yeah. uh, billions of lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, gotta yeah. keep moving, you know? You can't, you can't create universes empty without cracking a few trillion life eggs. Just dead. Just dead. That's how you make a... That omelet would be uh, quite delicious and sad. Sadly delicious. <laughs> the saddest, most um. delicious omelet you've ever had. <laughs> it's a Denver omelet made of Denver. It's it's tasty. Yum, yum, yum. Right? <laughs> Denver is actually in the omelet. It is. Like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and not a lot of eggs have a hint of Beyonce in it. And they are extremely, extremely hard to kill, of course. And mm. They can regenerate limbs heal each other, and even just one surviving celestial can regenerate an entire race. Like, that is a lot of power. And Got because it. of their immortality, they view their work on a pretty grand scale of time. Because, I mean, it makes sense. Because time is relative to who's experiencing the time. Right. So, us, we live these really short, longish lives mm. of 100 years. To a celestial, so that's like a minute. That's like a second, honestly. Yeah. It's like, what is 100 years? Yeah. Uh, which is why Ego left Meredith. He was like, hey, I'll be back. <laughs> it's like, it'll be like, fine. It'll be fine. He's like, quit <laughs> bugging me about leaving the toilet seat up, okay? All right. I got I'm, <laughs> Seriously. I'm way, I'm way beyond this conversation right now, okay, Meredith? Just, just give me a break. <laughs> I like to think that Ego thought, like, Peter was around potty training time, like, by the, by the time he showed up. He's like, oh, no, Dad, I'm actually in my 30s. He was like, oh, shoot, you guys age that fast? That's weird. She's, like, she's like making him watch, like, The Love Boat, and he's like, I'm going to blow up this planet so much. <laughs> this is so dumb. Can't wait to cover this planet in Magoo. Ugh. I hate this. Yeah, so the Celestials view their work on a pretty grand scale of time most of the time. So the worries and concerns of some pathetically mortal beings don't really matter to them. Because yeah. it sort of makes sense. And the work that they do goes way beyond anything we can even comprehend. So we can stop crying about our world being destroyed already. Because we're just being big babies about it. Huge babies. They got they got work to do, okay? They, they can't listen to every single living thing, okay? And plus, like, we'd be forming like a huge mega megazord. Like, imagine being part of a megazord. That's, you know, kind of doing planetary genocide on the regular. But at least you'd be a Megazord. That's pretty yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. And in the comics, the Celestials were actually responsible for the multiverse. Well, mm. originally, there was only one universe, and the Celestials were created in service of the universe. And that universe was called the First Firmament. And that is the first ever multiverse in the world. But some Celestials rebelled because they wanted to make their own life and then shattered that first universe into a second universe. <laughs> And these 
are the multicolored celestials that we know of the most today. And as they were having this little rebellion, that the, the little bust in tea party on a, on a grand scale, they had to kill off a couple of loyalist celestials because that's how war works. So that leads us to our first way to kill a celestial, just be a celestial. Wow. Because you know, if humans can kill humans, celestials can kill celestial. When are we gonna address the rampant problem of celestial on celestial crime? MT. Right? Like someone's got to stop it's, it. It's all this rap music, Brandon. I'm telling you. It's, they're listening to this hardcore celestial rap, talking about blowing up stars, making all these black holes. I don't know what they're talking about, man. It is kind of crazy that, like, the multicolored celestials that, like, we fear, they were, like, kind of the cool, young, hip guys who were like, hey, let's go make mm -hmm. some life. And then they did do it, and now we're mad at them. And they're like, hey, we were once the cool <laughs> ones, okay? Why are you mad at us now? You wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for us. It's like... Parents that were jerks that expect you to be grateful. <laughs> right, it's right. like, why, why, why are you guys being babies? It's yeah, like yeah. the Eternals kill you all. But also, you can get your hands on some God Killer armor, which is mm -hmm. basically this giant ship made from celestial armor that was used in the original Celestial War that, you know, Tony Stark got to mess around with in his series for a little bit. But there's more than one way to kill your average armored space god. So let's check out some other ways that these cosmic giants have been cut down. And what better way to start with than an axe, because axes can cut things down. I hear, I don't go outside much, but I hear that uh, <laughs> real men who know how to, you know, do manual labor, that's an axe. They chop down trees. And one of the strongest axes in the Marvel Universe is an axe called Yarnborn. Yarnbjorn? Yarnbjorn is a mythical axe that was forged by dwarves many centuries ago, and it has a really long and complicated history of owners, but more importantly, it was wielded by Thor in the ninth century before he was worthy enough to wield Mjolnir, and mm. Thor winds up blessing it with his own blood, giving it the ability to pierce celestial armor. It then winds up getting passed down from the Asgardian armory to Baron Mordo's tomb, and then gets wielded by people like Kane the Conqueror, which, you know, not the best person to have that axe, and the Apocalypse Twins, which I, I hope they hold, held the axes uh, at together. Like, together. <laughs> <laughs> like twins. We're twins. <laughs> we do everything together. Apocalypse, yay. Yay. <laughs> and they actually do end up using Yarnbjorn to kill a celestial gardener. And celestial mm. gardeners are the celestials that actually go around planting these life seeds onto new worlds. So, you know, killing a celestial gardener, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so the celestials anyway, it's good for everyone else. But eventually Yarnbjorn winds up in the hands of Runa, a Valkyrie for whom Yarnbjorn was originally created all those centuries ago. She then uses Yarnbjorn to kill the physical form of the headless celestial. So if you have a mythical axe of prophecy that is enchanted by Thor's blood, you might have a chance of taking down a celestial. But wait, what about that headless celestial Runa took down? Hmm? Yeah. What about that... Hmm? A hmm. celestial without a head? That seems how, crazy, how, MT. How, 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 hmm. how, how could there be a celestial without a head? I never even heard of a... Of a, of a that, that would mean the, the, the celestial's head would be floating around in space somewhere. Are you saying this is a... Is it a nearly headless celestial? How could you be <laughs> nearly headless? Hmm. Like this. <laughs> but yeah. MT, how did, how did this celestial become headless in the first place? Well, Brandon, the Eldritch God of Darkness, no, didn't really take too kindly to being plucked from the darkness between, you know, the sixth and seventh cosmos and being examined by a celestial. Not really a, a great thing to be plucked by uh, a space god. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny thing to imagine, though. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love... What's one thing I really like about celestials is, like, they physically will just grab people and pick them up. Yeah. like, what the... <laughs> Like they didn't have live. It's like, all right, you're mine now. All right, thank you. You know, 99.9% .9 of the time, most people don't do anything. But right. no, 
he didn't really like that. And yeah, because yeah. the Celestial was like, hey, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> what is what is this thing? And it just picked him up and was like, yeah, no, thank you. And then put him back. And then Null, being the god of darkness, also wasn't too keen on these Celestials going around, you know, making light right. and life all over the place. He wanted darkness. Yeah, this is what Malekith's whole deal was yeah, yeah. in Thor The Dark World. He's like, what is up with all this light? Turn the lights off, man. I'm trying to go to sleep. He's like, I hate you, Dad. I just want to be in my room. I want to listen to my music. I, I blacked out my curtains. You just want to listen to his emo music. Yeah, yeah. I dyed my hair black, Dad. Don't ask questions. You don't get it. You don't get me, Dad. He's got his eyeliner on. Yeah. God, this eyeliner is actually dark matter. Okay, Dad? Okay, it's Dad. It's not a phase, okay? <laughs> it's, this is my life now, okay? I don't care. I don't need a, I don't need a job. I don't need a career. I'm no. And then Mrs. Kith is like, oh no. What are we going to do? Our son. He's out of control. Our baby boy. He's the god of darkness. His dad is like, I'm kind of proud a little bit, but he's out of control. And so Null ends up forging a sword from his own shadow. A sword that would be the very first symbiote, mm. aka Venom's first ancestor, and then chopped off the Celestial's head that was touching him all weird. So take that, God. That's what you get. That's what you get. Never touch me without consent. <laughs> it's true. God. It's true. That's what happens. And then that sword that he used to chop down the Celestial would be known as the All Black. And that decapitated head would become known as Nowhere, which we mm. saw in the MCU as the collector's home base of the Tavan group. His little group of uh, people that like to mine and steal shit. Well, not steal shit. Steal people. <laughs> steal people. people. Human beings. Well, they steal some shit, but they definitely steal some people. <laughs> so, you know, be an Eldritch God and get your hands on the Necrosword, and you might have a chance at killing a Celestial. Okay. But, you know, maybe if that's a little bit too hard, don't worry. I got another option for you. Okay, let's hear it. The Whore. The what? The what? Because, you know, another mm. way a Celestial can be taken down is with an insect-like species known as the Horde. And the Horde was created by the Fulcrum to sort of, you know, balance out all the life creating that the Celestials were doing in the universe. And they mm. are this devastating force of destruction. You know, essentially, this huge cosmic plague of locusts and life itself was the field of wheat that they were going to feast on. And they mainly show up to clean up the planet's life energy if the deviant species becomes the dominant life form over the base species that the Eternals were meant to keep on top. And the, oh, okay. and the Horde were able to infest the Celestial Progenitor and kill him completely. And then that body fell to Earth, and then his celestial fluids leaked onto our planet. And actually, Loki claims that this is why Earth is full of so many superpowered inhabitants, is because it's all the celestial goo that seeped out of a dead celestial that was murdered by the Horde. That's a really that's a really cool idea. That's that's very smart. I mean, that's a smart way to explain why every planet doesn't just have all these like superpowered heroes. It's like, well, mm -hmm. Earth got a little, you know, extra when that celestial died on it. <laughs> and his, his blood and guts seeped into our dirt, and here we are now. A bunch of cavemen were going ooga booga, and all of a sudden, one of them was like going ooga booga and lifting up a giant rock. And they're like, "What's going on here? Ooga booga or to not ooga booga? <laughs> that is the question. That is the question. <laughs> and that's human sentience. But it's really interesting to see how celestial biology has changed humanity in this way. Because if you remember in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Collector is selling all of this, you know, the this mind celestial goo and organs that he's mined from this nowhere creature and selling them on the cosmic black market. So if human beings on Marvel Earth were super powered and, and extra special because of this goo, imagine how much that goo is fucking up the entirety of the MCU cosmic scale. That's a great point, MT, because they never really explain what they're doing with those like open pits of goo and Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, it's just uh, Drax gets to fall into it. It's a fun little bit. Yeah. Uh, but like, 
That would be very cool too if that comes back later. If Drax, whatever he goes up against in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, if it is the Celestial, if all of a sudden they're like, "Drax, you're covered in Celestial goo. You can take these bad boys out now." And he's like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" He's like, "Yeah, now I'm actually the destroyer. Let's get it." But he also takes a, a bath in a different type of goo, the little tentacled monster goo in Guardians. Oh, 2. that's right. So I wonder because like now he has this two cosmic blood goo running through his system. I wonder if that's like gonna affect anything and like hey apparently at the beginning of eternals we learned that the celestials are technically not native to this universe Mm. they came here before the singularities before the creation of the universe so technically the the, the celestials are also multi-dimensional beings so drax has double the interdimensional goo within his system but of course speaking of guardians 2 of course in the mcu we saw the celestial ego was killed by a bomb to the brain Mm. as most bombs will do if you plant a bomb on your brain do not try this at home children do not and ego is kind of a outlier in this case and since he wasn't the traditional armored celestial that is more common and that we you know know the most remember that we don't know what celestials look like under that armor but in the mcu if you could somehow get to whatever the brain is under that armor and put a bomb there you could theoretically kill a celestial yeah that makes a lot of sense to you because mm. we know that celestials must have some sort of brain they're obviously thinking they can speak and all that kind of stuff mm. Uh, and they're doing all this planning. So if you could get under the armor somehow and get to a brain, that seems to be a constant so far, right? Chopped off head. You know, that's how you get rid of a celestial. You got to get to his, that big brain, that big celestial brain. Brains. That, that dome. You get that celestial dome, bro. Always go for the head. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. That's right. You should have gone for the head. The head. You f- dumbass. <laughs> I would love if Thanos said something like really funny. He was like, ha, gotcha, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, bitch. (laughs) I mean, we do have some type of idea about what's under the Celestial Army because like nowhere is a skeletal head. That's true. So like we do know that the Celestials, to some extent, have a skeletal structure at at the very least. So like they, they have a lot of the tissues that we have. They're essentially just larger more powerful versions of us you know but we don't exactly know what they, what they look, look like, like look yeah like, yeah you know? there was i was reading there was one comic where a celestial kind of took his helmet off but it was just like bright white light you know you mm. didn't see anything so it's who knows yeah in the comics they're more just like this ethereal just like we're just light yeah and it's also whoever's writing the comic arc and yeah. you know it could be a different you know if it's not earth 616 they they can be a little more oh. loosey-goosey because they're like well that's just this dimension they they kind of act like this yeah and like because the celestials are so purposely vague throughout all of marvel comics mm-hmm. they're just like do whatever you want with the celestials really yeah, it's fine it's fine and of course in eternals we saw how cersei was able to harness the power of the unimind to enhance her transmutation powers in order to turn tiamat into marble which is you know great for a museum and this could mean that more eternal spread throughout the universe could have the power to kill off more celestials mm. and you know though as eric theorized in his eternal breakdown tiamat may have okayed his stoning since you know he too was linked up to the unimine and yeah he seemed to have some type of affinity towards the planet and the humans that lived on it. maybe or maybe he was just tired and he's like i don't want to wake up <laughs> change me to stone baby it's like they sent me the email before like a day before i'm just like not about all this working stuff so. he's like well can i have a few billion more years so sorry i'm not ready to right it's <laughs> <laughs> so, like i just need like five more billion years it's an alarm clock he just snoozes it i mean it is our life force and consciousness mm-hmm. and we're pretty lazy sometimes so maybe it's just like being us <laughs> and then of course finally there is one more way to kill a celestial that we should consider you just call up his boss the big daddy the big honcho that's right 
the one above all should have the power to eliminate Celestial mm. with just the stroke of their pen. The one above all is the ultimate power in the Marvel Universe. So, if you absolutely have to take out a Celestial, just go Karen on his ass and go speak to the manager. That's right. He'll do it. He will fire a Celestial real quick. Fired. But I... Because I, I know you brought up the fulcrum earlier, uh, MT, and mm. some people think the fulcrum is the one above all. It's hard to tell. They're both these weird kind of creative forces above right. the universe, right? And in theory, the one above all that creates everything created the Celestials. If you can get in touch with the one above all, if you're Thor and you're in the MCU and you can call Kevin Feige somehow, boom, you can kill any Celestial <laughs> you want. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Oh, really? I hear that uh, if you use LinkedIn well enough, you can get to the one above all. Dude, if you can figure out LinkedIn, you must be a celestial. I mean, it's the most complicated Yo, I thing. I have never been able to figure out LinkedIn in my it life. It's, it's, it's impossible. I'm like, what is this weird, adult, boring, lame Facebook? What is this? <laughs> what is this? Every couple of weeks, I'll like be like, okay, I'm gonna address all these LinkedIn emails I've been getting and notifications, and I'll spend 20 minutes on there, and I'm just like, there's blood coming out of my eyes, and I'm like, what's right? happening? I don't understand. Bro, I, I never want to ever seriously use LinkedIn in my life. Sorry if we ever use LinkedIn as a sponsorship, <laughs> but fuck that shit, bro. Uh, They're not gonna sponsor us now, MT. I'll tell you that right now. They'll be like, who are these dumb, non-career-minded idiots? Linked out. MT, there was another person you were bringing up that we were kind of talking about before oh. the show who has maybe killed a celestial or at least really wants to kill a celestial oh my god okay so one of my favorite ways that you can kill a celestial is through one of my favorite marvel characters ever stellaris marvel mm. if you're watching this introduce stellaris to the mcu because stellaris is literally a celestial hunter i think she's actually killed celestials in the past and she goes around with this pink celestial armor like she's literally decked out in like celestial level armor and she goes out and fights celestial she almost killed the celestial one time but actually uh through her power she actually accidentally led to the birth of a celestial which is a uh, the opposite of what she was trying to do <laughs> but in the comic she actually teams up with nebula at one point she's a really cool character very obscure but like okay. she can technically have the has the power or like has the confidence in herself at the very least mm -hmm. to kill a celestial so Confidence is all you need. So it sounds like, you know, it is possible to kill these Celestials. You just got to be super powerful, have some sort of like powerful enchanted weapon or be able to like get past the armor, which is the hardest part to do. But you can do it. They can be killed. It can be done. So we hope that this episode of Big Question comes in handy. Should you ever come in face with a Celestial and, you know, you need to take them out because sometimes it happens. It happens, right. you know. You never know who's going to be your enemy in life. It could be God. You got to be, be God. It could be God. You never know. But hey, guys, there is a new latest obsession shirt over at NewRockstarsMerch.com inspired by the Eternals called Immortal Unity, and you need to go check it out right now. It's an incredible design, and it's a limited edition, meaning that it will only be around for a set amount of time. That is what limited edition means. Welcome to 2021. Boom. So you can get it in black or navy, and they've got sizes up to 4XL. So grab some early Christmas gifts for your nerd loved ones or treat yourself to some cool t-shirts hoodies stickers and more at newrockstarsmerch.com newrockstarsmerch.com just do it <laughs> just, buy, just buy the stuff just do it and before we dive into our bite-sized questions next some words from the people that help bring big question to you 
People like DraftKings. What an NFL season it has been so far, and it's only getting better. So get in on all the action still to come with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can play free for millions with their first deposit. And don't miss your first shot to get some skin in the pigskin game. So playing daily fantasy football is simple. Just pick up your lineup of NFL stars while staying under the salary cap and score enough points to bring home some sweet, sweet moolah. And with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, you'll feel the NFL action like never before. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. They're flexible like that. So download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code BIGQUESTION to play free for millions. That's right, enter promo code BIGQUESTION to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. And do not miss out. Download DraftKings today and play with the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What would you do if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? Probably smile. With Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash big question. That's upstart.com slash big question. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash big question. All right, Brandon, are you ready for this? Dun, 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 it's time for the bite-sized question. Let's get ready to rumble. We are going to get copyright strikes. It'll just be as silently bouncing like. Right. It's like, what is MT doing? It's like, ah, MT senile. This is what What's wrong with these senile uh, people? Well, Brandon, our first bite-sized question of the day is, why isn't Kylo Ren a Darth? Like, why isn't he Darth Ren? And this mm. is from Lopsided Frames on Twitter. Thank you, Lopsided Frames. I hope you never get those frames adjusted. <laughs> Keep them lopsided. Keep them quirky. That's how people know you gangster. <laughs> well, well, my friends, you know, in the Star Wars universe, okay, the whole Darth thing was a title used by the Sith. The Sith are, of mm. course, force wielders who focus on using the dark side of the force. And the Sith, they love to follow that rule of two philosophy. This meant there were mm. only ever two Sith, a master and an apprentice. And when you became like an apprentice, you got that Darth title. And this helped keep this rule of two helped keep the Sith existing in the shadows underneath the watchful eye of the Jedi Council who wanted to wipe them out completely. And they thought they had kind of done it. You know, we all saw the Phantom Menace. They're like, there haven't been Sith in, in forever. <laughs> you idiots. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium. I do not believe the Sith could have returned without us knowing. <laughs> idiots. We will never die. What are you talking about? Idiots? Come on. Ugh, so dumb. So dumb. The Jedi are dumb. That's what I'm saying. The Jedi are dumb. Yeah. So Darth was like a title you earned when you became a Sith. Uh, you know, there right. was Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, etc. And the rule of two does seem like very, very strange because it means that you have to like constantly watch your back. 
so that the other Sith doesn't kill you. Uh, but you can't argue with the results, okay? Palpatine did successfully take over the Galactic Republic and wipe out most of the Jedi, and he formed the Empire. Boom. So uh, you have sure. to spend your whole life worrying that your student is going to kill you. Your student's worried that you're going to kill him. And then you're a student. You're trying to get your own student. And you're going to be like, hey, we're going to kill the other guy. Don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> um, it's very tough to be a Sith. So it's, it's basically high school. It's basically high school. It's very similar to high school. <laughs> Minus two plus two equals. Break your neck like a toothpick. Orally. Zero. I was like, my math teacher is going to kill me. I know it. I'm going to get him first. <laughs> However, when when Vader tossed, you know, Daddy Palpatine over over the edge and killed Bye -bye. him, it pretty much wiped out the Sith and ended the Darth title reign. Because when he mm. does that, you know, when Darth Vader does that, Darth Vader dies. He goes back to being Anakin and then he dies again. Uh, and then he gets to come back as a force ghost. And then... George Lucas is like, mm, I'm going to replace the actor and put Hayden Christensen in there. And then the actor's like, what? <laughs> Everyone will love this. <laughs> Why do you keep changing it? Just let it go. Let it go, George. Let me go, George. Please. Go, my son. Leave me. No, you're coming with me. That's that's Return of the Jedi talking to George. Let me go, George. Just let me die, George. Please, George, stop stop changing me. So the real reason that Kylo Ren isn't a Darth is because he wasn't isn't really a Sith. Mm. He was playing around with the dark side, but not every dark side force user was a Sith. There was other factions right. of like dark side users. So the Sith don't really exist anymore. So that's kind of why he's not a Darth. So for example, there were the Knights of Ren. They had and they had emerged as this like squad of like dark side users. Ben Solo's right. like hating what he's learning at the Jedi Academy with Uncle Luke. He's like, this fucking sucks. And you know, the Knights of Ren are there and they're using the dark side, and there's more than two of them, so they're not doing the whole rule of two thing, right? And the Knights of Ren, they had a leader called, guess it, Ren. That's why were the, they were the Knights of Ren. <laughs> Ren Stevens from Even Stevens. <laughs> yeah, it was Ren Stevens. <laughs> mm, I'd follow her anywhere. Christy Carlson Romano, if you're out there, call me. Don't call yeah. me. I'm married. <laughs> But we can talk. We can have a conversation. That's why we got into YouTube to hit on Christy Carlson. <laughs> I just got canceled. Mm. So Ben Solo, you know, he kind of rejected Luke and his teachings. And the Knights of Ren are kind of like working for Snoke. And then Ben Solo's like, I'm going to fight you, Ren. And Ren and Ben Solo fight and Ben Solo kills him. And so then Snoke's like, okay, you can lead the Knights of Ren now. And Ben Solo's like, okay, well, I need a new name. So I'm going to be Kylo Ren. So that's where Kylo Ren came from. And like Snoke never gave Kylo a Darth title either. Even, I don't know if like Snoke, I might be wrong on this. I don't think Snoke was very Sithy. He was kind of Sith, Sith light, you know, because Palpatine's telling Snoke what to do. The like kind of reanimated corpse of Palpatine. But Snoke is just a pawn. Snoke's the chump. He's chump change. So, and then when Kylo kills Snoke and like kind of rejects everything that any that exists out there there's no way he's going to be a Darth at all so that's yeah. kind of why Kylo Ren isn't a Darth because the Darth is they're done with Darths Darth Darth is old school that's it it's just one part of the dark side it's just one dark side religion out of any that you could have if if you have you know years of your life to throw away get into that expanded Star Wars universe there's so oh much out there for you to stuff. discover I'm not dissing Good anyone who stuff. likes it it's great stuff but I don't have the time yeah I definitely have not got into the whole extended universe I mainly started after the Marvel uh, picked it up in 2015 but there's a whole there's decades worth of extended universe stuff that is just pretty wild so. cool stories out there great cool 
cool comic books, really cool dark side users, really cool mm. light side users. But yeah, that's that's why Kylo isn't a Darth, because he's just a Kylo. Okay, all right. I like how he called himself Ren after the duty killed. He's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Respect. I'm a Ren. I'm going to respect you. I'm you now. I'm wearing your face. Is that letter? Luke's like, I should have killed this boy. Woo! He's like, oh, there's something wrong with my nephew, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, Brandon, I got another question for you. How is Spider-Man able to stick to stuff if he's wearing spandex over his hands? That's kind of weird. Like, what did he need? Fingertipless gloves? And this is from, of course, IAJ Smith 24 on Discord. IAJ Smith, thank you very much. Always holding it down. Yes, Mwah. thank you. And man, hi. Whew, I have been waiting for this question, okay? We, oh, oh, had, oh. we had this long talk in the office not too long ago. Give me some ice in a styrofoam bucket. Here we go. Back when we did an episode where we talked about Toby's tubes, uh, uh, this we, we talked about this too, and so I'm glad I get to talk about this now, okay? Because if you remember, mm. we were talking about, you know, Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. They don't explain the web shooters. Instead, he just has, like, tubes inside of his body pushing webbing around through glands who knows it's disgusting but so this idea <laughs> that this idea that spider-man has like little tiny hairs on his fingers mm. or on his toes or on his body or whatever to stick to walls that's like an invention for the sam raimi spider-man movies you know just mm. like how they wanted to an easy way to explain the web they didn't want to show that like oh toby Maguire, peter parker builds these web shooters and also the formula for webbing instead they were just like mm. oh he wakes up and webbing's coming out of his body don't ask questions you're moviegoers again <laughs> it's it's like 2001 comic book movies are just starting to really ramp up again you know and mm. so they needed easy ways to explain things to audiences and, and a very and i think this was very clever there's a shot in the in the sam raimi spider-man where you see a close-up of his finger and you see these little yeah, barbs the these little microscopic hairs and as an audience goer who maybe you understand spider-man as a concept but you never really thought about how it works this kind of makes mm. sense right oh he can stick to walls right. that makes a lot of sense but when you start thinking about it he puts the gloves on and you're like okay well maybe it's going through the gloves but what about his feet right you know he's right how, the hairs can't go through your shoes it can't go the soles of the shoes so how is that working they don't explain that in the movie you know i would love to see like, if his little toes popped out of <laughs> like spider-man wearing like uh fingerless gloves and like sandals would be the silliest thing i've ever seen in my life be like who's this hippie climbing walls this right. is insane. so in the comics uh, the way that spider-man is able to crawl has nothing to do with like little hairs it's more oh, akin. It's, it's sorry, sorry, MT. Uh, it's more <laughs> akin to the concept of like static electricity. There's this chemistry term known as I got to look at it as Van der Waals forces, and that's basically explains the attraction and repulsion between atoms. And so there are some animals and like smaller insects and like geckos and stuff. They're they're able to crawl vertical surfaces because of this kind of like static electric field they create. It's way too sciencey for me to understand, but that's basically how it works. And in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, which originally started but was started by editor in chief of Marvel, Jim Shooter, back in 1982. It states in that handbook that Spider-Man can enhance the interatomic attractive forces on surfaces he touches, increasing the coefficient of friction between the surface and himself. And Peter Parker kind of wow. thinks like this is like a thing he does with his mind. It's it's a result of the radioactive spider bite. So it's not little hairs. It's basically he's manipulating kind of like uh this static electric void between him and the wall and that's how he creates that like the stickiness crazy like look guys it's comic books you know there's gonna be a little suspension of disbelief but the little hairs doesn't make it 
nonsense. Uh, so <laughs> it's, he's manipulating these cosmic voids of static electricity, but it works. And he's climbing walls, baby. Okay, he sure is. Oh, man. So, like, th- that gets me thinking about uh, Miles Morales' powers. Because, mm-hmm. like, we know that Miles Morales runs on this form of, like, bio-electricity right. that he can shoot out of his body. So I wonder if Peter has that to, like, a little small extent. Yeah, maybe it's um, just, like, the, the stats are more turned up there for Miles Morales than they are yeah. for Peter. That's why he's able to, like, yeah. shoot out the actual electricity. That actually makes a lot of sense, MT. That's so interesting. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. I had no idea. Oh, you're very That's welcome. So I'm good. so glad that question got asked because it was a big argument here in the office. <laughs> <laughs> like two people died it was pretty bad yeah. <laughs> me and editor john almost came to blows it was dangerous all right now it is time for my favorite part of the show it's time for the box of scraps <gasps> the, the box, box of scraps box of scraps all right ben i got a question for you if you were a celestial what would be your role in the cosmos like what would be your celestial name because we have Eric okay. in the judge right s in the searcher like, what would be your role okay for me, MT, I would be Brandor the Taster, okay? I would be this huge <laughs> being. Uh, Brandor would have, like, really cool, bright, purple cosmic armor, like, very dangerous, right? And I'd show up in the sky on your planet, and I'd be like, give me your food. And I would, like, <laughs> soak up all the different, like, delicacies from around your planet, and I would taste them. And based on that taste, I would judge your planet. And if the tastes of your regional culinary delights were sufficient to my formula, which I have written on my tongue, okay, your planet would be spared. But if your food tastes like doo-doo, boom, you're gone. You're dead. You're like the Guy Fieri of Celestia. Yes. You're just going yeah. around in your freaking car. It's like, all right, go on this new I'm, dining. I'm, I'm diners, drive-ins, and dimensions, okay? Diners, drive-in, and die. <laughs> You better take me to Flavortown or I'm squashing your planet, okay? That's right. all I got to say. So Earth would be fine because we have cheese, and that's all I need. I just oh, yeah. need a lot of cheese. Totally fine. Here we go. What, so ab- what about you, MT? Um, what, if, what is your cosmic role? I, that's, oh, man, I, it's, that's, that one's hard to beat because I just imagine you, like, as a celestial looking through someone's window, like, while they're eating, like, a family meal, just being like, are you going to finish that? <laughs> Give me your nachos. <laughs> 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 I'd like to be like MT the Comforter because like there's not the the celestial for like being nice to people. So I just show up and just be like, "Hey man, uh, I don't know. What do you guys need? I'll listen to your problems. I don't know." (laughs) You're you're the one that comes in. So Arishim shows up and he's like, "I'm going to judge you. I'll be back in a millennia." And then you come in like right after, be like, "Whoa, guys, that was pretty crazy, huh?" (laughs) I know, right? That was a lot. If you guys need anyone to talk to, you want to get guys one chat? You want to watch a movie or something? <laughs> so sorry. I know we're, we're scary. I'm sorry. What color armor would you like, MT? What would be your color? You know what? I I would go. I would go purple. Oh, I would probably go. We're purple. both purple, baby. Like purple. Let's do it. Let's go. Oh wait, you're purple too. Wait, yeah, I can't man. choose your purple. Okay, no, no, no. I would go. Hmm. I'll go red then. Oh, I'll be okay. a red celestial. I like that. But then that's Arishem. Damn it. Yeah, no, but there, there's only so many colors, MT. It's not your fault. Okay. I know. Damn it. All right. If Arishim isn't mad, I'll be red. Yeah, yeah. You could be red also. It's okay. Empty the Comforter and Brandon the, what was it? The, the Brandor the Taster. The Taster. The Taster. Brandor the Taster. We're going to be homies. We're going to be best friends. Yes. We're like the, yes. I think we're, we're, that's huge Hufflepuff energy, I feel. <laughs> if you're, uh, just tasting and just being nice. <laughs> I just want that food. But that is it for this episode of Big Question. I want to thank Brandon, of course, for joining me this episode. Please follow him at Grin and Barrick on Twitter if you want to see him 
tweet some great things. He's an amazing man. I love him to death. Please follow him there. And of course, you can follow me at Mastertainment. But more importantly, you can follow us at New Rockstars on Twitter and on YouTube. And make sure you hit that notification bell so you can get notifications every time we upload a video. And also, make sure you hit up NewRockstarMerch.com so you get cool shirts like this and all of our other cool stickers and all of our fun nerd stuff. Um, literally, it's the best place for nerds. So please go to NewRockstarMerch.com. We love you guys. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys later. Goodbye. Bye.